And welcome to another episode of Talk Gopher Buckets. I'm Luke Buer. And, and this is Ryan James of Gopher Illustrated and Prep Hoops. All right, Ryan, uh, it's, it's been a while since we've chatted, but you know what? We have kids now, and um, all these kids are to bed, so I think we can finally get an opportunity to chat. Uh, it's been too long, and we've heard uh, from a number of people um, that they're frustrated we haven't chatted, and so, uh, so we're doing our best here. We're, uh, as PJ Fleck would say, we're changing our best, and we're going we're gonna to actually put out an episode finally. <laughs> um, but let's, just, let's, well, get, let's get right into it. Well, go ahead. Well, I want to offer my excuse a little bit. Like, I mean, we're busy people. Here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, for those of you that are parents, yeah. like, you know what it's like to try to put a kid to bed. Well, I have four. And <laughs> I kind of was, I was discussing this with a coworker. Like, I'm going to spend 18 years of my life, 300 nights a year on average, my wife 355. <laughs> <laughs> like, like putting kids to bed, reading stories, brushing teeth, taking baths, right? Stopping the fight, like oh, dude. It, it, sometimes you're like, in some of them they don't go to bed right away. It takes forever. So that's that's my excuse. Yeah, and I'm gonna roll with that excuse. And <laughs> it's a it's a Luke, legit excuse. I I now have one yeah. kid, and it's hard enough with just one, right? Uh, I can't imagine before. Yeah, and mine are so far spaced out that 18 years of my life. I'm going to, instead of sitting down and, like, doing what people do at night, chilling, relaxing, doing whatever, Yeah, I'm putting kids, I'm reading stories. I'm reading Goodnight Lake. I'm yes. reading everything <laughs> you can think of. So, okay. yeah, so that's where we're at. And before you called, like, I was in a little bit of a discussion about, you know, the topic of the day, Minnesota yes. and Wisconsin. Right. Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, and it's like, they're like, oh, there's no comparison with, with, with Wisconsin for a college campus. And, Luke, I don't know about you. Where did you go to college? I went to the University of Minnesota. Okay. My question, I, I'm so happy that I'm talking to you right now. How old are you? I am 32. Okay. When I was, on, when I was in college at the U, like, I'm coming from Austin. It's not like I'm coming from Eden Prairie. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from Austin. I couldn't wait to get out. Our college experience was... Every bit on the University of Minnesota campus, when it comes to like the social life, it was, you know, it's not like a, it's not like you're crossing the Metrodome to get to a party, or it's not like you're like walking through a shopping center to get to the other side of campus. It's it's all there in a campus, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't high rises. It was houses, and there were so many fun house parties and like the you know the Dinky Town stuff and the uh, well, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, the, you know, the Dickey Town stuff and the Superblock stuff. It was, I was thinking about the campuses I've been on the most. In my life, I was at the University of Wisconsin Stout, Madison, Mankato State, and then the St. Mary's Willow State Combo. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, Minnesota, the University of Minnesota to me was not, like, any different than any of them. It was just, you know, like, everybody had their parties. Everybody, well, you know, some of them were a little bigger than others. They all had their parties. They all were in the same area, and it was it was a blast everywhere. I just don't. But my question to you, Luke, did, was it different for you back then? I mean, was it houses and well, yeah, I mean, or what was it? Yeah, so it's still house. It was still houses and stuff. But right as I was as I was finishing up, would be like twenty ten, twenty eleven. Um, the the condos started to go up in Dinkytown. That's when, like, the, or around campus. So it was 
kind of starting to change. Um, but yeah, for the most part, everybody lived in Como in that area, right? Or, you know, this, you know, obviously super block for your first year, but, and there are a lot of commuters, but yeah, for the most part, like, you know, it was houses and stuff. I, I don't quite get the argument that the Minnesota campus is largely different other than it's set in a completely urban setting. And, you know, you can hop on the light rail and you can be downtown in like a couple of minutes. Like, that's really the only main difference I, I feel like. I, I don't I don't quite get – I guess it's not in a really small town where like, you know, aside if – you're, if you're talking about Madison, you take away Epic and you take away the, you take away the campus. It's a really small town. Well, and that's the thing I was thinking about it like when I was young. Like I didn't have a car. So basically I was walking from Centennial Hall to, you know, <laughs> to the other side of campus. But then I – but I was in Mankato. What'd you do? Well, I walked from this party to the next one. What'd you do in Winona and in Madison and South? Well, I walked from this party to the next. Right. I don't. I, I don't understand. And I was. And it's not like I never went to Madison. Christ, I was in Madison all the time. I just. I don't know. I, I don't totally. I am. I'm not trying to use this as a defense for why kids kids shouldn't go to Madison or not. I'm just when I hear the argument of, no, oh, it's such a better campus life. I personally don't understand it whatsoever. That said, I'm not from the Twin Cities. I'm from I'm from Austin. You're from Wilmer. I'm from Wilmer. Yeah, so I'm from outstate too. Yeah, what's that? I'm from outstate too. So yeah, I I mean yeah. I guess I didn't grow up you know 15 minutes from campus. So it it was like going away for school. It was for me too. So maybe we have a different perspective now. If someone's probably like, well, dude, you're in Austin. Everything was probably exciting. Ah, you're probably right. Like I can't, I can't hide that. I can't hide behind that. That's probably true because you know there's not much to do in a good old age house. Although we found things to do. Uh, yeah, everybody finds things to do, right? So I, yeah, I don't get that either. But here we sit, right in September, and the a topic right now is recruiting because, quite frankly, the Gophers don't have a commitment, right? So that's right now the a topic, and I think people are frustrated because two Minnesota guys, albeit one guy that the Gophers recruited super hard for a long time, and Ben Johnson committed, and then um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Crowell? Stephen Kroll, unless I've been pronouncing it. I don't. I didn't know. I I I guessed. I've never actually seen him. I I shouldn't say I haven't seen him play. I've watched highlight videos, um, but I've never seen him play in like high school, so I never heard anybody pronounce it. Um, But you know, he kind of burst on the scene here late in the last year and a half or two. Um, maybe at the most, a guy that played for D1 Minnesota, he just committed the day before um, to Wisconsin. And I know people are kind of up in arms because two Minnesota kids go to Wisconsin. But man, I guess, I, I mean, I understand I understand the frustration um, of a lot of Gopher fans that they haven't landed kids. And, you know, maybe the prospects don't look great right now. You'd know much better than I do. But in, this, in the same respect, I don't think it's a reason to get too much in a tizzy at the moment. Well, the reason I think there's two reasons why people are vastly upset because I don't, I don't believe anybody really thought Ben Carlson was coming. At least anybody that talked to somebody or right. listened to us on GoPro Illustrated, you knew that you know Stanford was big for him, Xavier was big for him. Wisconsin's actually was a very big surprise. That's one of the bigger surprises. I I didn't see that coming. And a lot of people I talked to didn't see that coming. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Ben Ben found his fit. I, but my point on that is is uh, 
I'm sorry, I got a text message right now. I <laughs> to look at. Um, but my point in that, that is, like, I don't think anybody thought Ben Carlson was coming here. But they didn't think he was going to Wisconsin. And losing another Minnesota kid to Wisconsin, a good Minnesota kid to Wisconsin, hurts. And it hurts, it hurts the feeling. Also, like, Minnesota, Richard Pitino has had what? This is his seventh group, I believe, he's fully recruiting. And, you know, yeah. last year they didn't commit it until, the, until right before signing day. And, yeah. you know, it's, and there's been a few classes where it took a while. Um, not all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. Mike, Michael Hurd committed early for that class. And, and uh, obviously the three guys, are Jarvis, Daniel, and Gabe, committed fairly early in that class. And the Kevin Dorsey class, he committed in July. So not all of them they've had to wait. But last year, the Gopher fans had to wait till November to get a commitment. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, last year and then the last year they were zero for five on locals. And two years before that, they were zero for six. So to see the offers and not get a single one of them, they're now scared because mm-hmm. they're seeing zero for four. And you can count Jalen Sucks in that because I would, uh, if he doesn't go pro, or more likely Gonzaga, I will. We'll do, I don't. I don't. I don't have a good thing set up to what we would do if that doesn't happen. Yeah. But I would bet a lot. I would bet my daughter's gigantic life-size teddy bear to my left right now in our basement. <laughs> that that dude, I would bet that thing that he goes to Gonzaga or goes pro. So I would. You can count that as zero for five. If you ask me. Yeah. So like, they're worried about that. So I think that's where the anger comes from. Wisconsin and there's nobody committed. Mm-hmm. So. That is the worry. Um, uh, yeah, that, 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 that's the worry. You know, Stephen Kroll, I guess we should talk about these kids a bit. Um, Stephen Kroll is a young man who, he really, he really took his biggest step forward at the end of his sophomore year. And he played really well with where out the net as a 16 and under kid. Mm-hmm. The recruitment of people started coming in for him after his sophomore year and during his junior year, but it was no high majors talking to him. Um, it was, you know, your Northern Iowa mm-hmm. and your area schools. And I remember even interviewing Steve at the state tournament. Cause he took East to the state tournament, averaging 19 and 10, playing for, and he got a really good basketball education from, from coach, from coach Gates at Eastview and from Blake Nichols um, and his crew at where else net at that point before he joined up with D1 Minnesota. Uh, he had a really good at basketball education. So I remember talking to him, and like I remember thinking, man, high majors need to start talking to this kid. But at that time, there really wasn't many. And we're talking like late March here, right? Mm-hmm. But then teams started seeing him play, and they started calling. Well, like there's two schools of thought here with, with, that, with that. There's the one school of thought where people think that at that point, Minnesota should have already had a head coach and an assistant consistently in contact with him. Sure. You don't have to offer him, but consistently in contact with him. He should be at games. You know, here's a free ticket. Come watch the game. And that, and that wasn't there. Although, in the, in the Minnesota's defense, that also wasn't there for Wisconsin or Marquette or anybody else that's around here. But then the flip side of that is he's from Minnesota, and he lives right down the road. And, like, maybe maybe like that, that's what people would had hope for, you know? So, and then he starts getting really good, and all his schools start contacting him. Mm-hmm. And the frustration wasn't 
so there was a little frustration that the offer took a little bit, but the bigger frustration on his part was that um, that the community that the connection wasn't made uh, in from Minnesota in the same way it was Wisconsin. Sure. Let's let let's put this in real perspective here. I know plenty of people that have worked with him. They all mentioned that at this time last year, all he wanted to do was play be a golfer. Yeah. Okay. But and. And I don't, I don't, I believe everyone that's talking to me, people I trust, two people that I really trust, two of them I trust extensively that they're telling me the truth. But what happened was as the recruiting went on, the guys from Wisconsin just developed a better relationship and kept in touch more. And that's what happened. Now, Luke, I am getting very long-winded here. <laughs> but there is one more point I really want to make. Yeah. And, it's, and Gobi from Gopher, Gopher Illustrated, has talked about this, and I and he's right to talk about this. Was Stephen Kroll a top target? And I would say, no, not at first, because their offers went out to Isaiah Cottrell and Julian Strother out in out in the Vegas, Henry Coleman and Mark uh, Henry. <laughs> I get the names confused. I think it's Henry Coleman and Mark Williams out in Virginia. Um, the the guys at Wisconsin, the kids. And I think that Terrence Thompson on campus at one point, they offered Jamari Sibley, who visited last weekend. They were after, obviously, Johnson, who went to Duke. You know, and then the locals, Dane Danger, Ben Carlson, and Dawson Garcia. That's a lot of big. Yeah. Those are the guys they were after. But eventually, you know, so the, I don't, he wasn't initially a plan A. Mm-hmm. But that's the next argument. You were like, well, they should have been going after him just in case back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, the people can argue for and against that. I mean, what my in my opinion, I I I think that they do need need a better job contacting a big group of kids at a young at a young age. Yeah. But I maybe there's something against that because I'm not a college coach. Yeah. Maybe there's something that doesn't work with that regard. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I think modern college basketball recruiting is a little bit challenging too, right? So you have to you have to cast a pretty big net, right? Um, and then you got to kind of focus on a, a certain few and you, and a lot of that's still projecting. Right. But in the same respect, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're the recruit, you're trying to find arguably the best fit for you. Like we see tons and tons of transfers, right? Like it doesn't even matter after you sign, you're still trying to find the best fit for you. And it, if you watch Curl's game, like, dude, he fits what Wisconsin has done, right? Like he's a, a big that could play outside. Like it just, it, it kind of makes some sense. Now I get that people want him to be a gopher, but I, I can see where he buys the pitch too. And if, you know, he didn't think that, uh, you know, he didn't think that he got the contact he wanted. I mean, sure. That's what it is, what it is. And you can, you can place the blame on Patino or whoever you want on the gopher staff. Like it's not, it's not a perfect science. Um, I mean, unless you want to be PJ Fleck and you're literally going to contact every single person constantly, um, you know, you have to pick and choose and, and, and sometimes you have to make and make a priority and hopefully that you made the right priority and that person recognizes that. And, you know, that just, that seems to just be the way recruiting is. And like, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Recruiting is one of the most high, like high maintenance and diva like things in all, in all of sports, especially in college basketball. Well, and that's where to build off of that. That's where it, that's where you have to, you start to wonder, like, 
you're going after, let's say, a Dane Danger or a Dawson Garcia, what if they're seeing you also giving all the same attention to another guy? You know, right. Does that take some of the prestige off of what they're doing? I, I don't know. Like That's where being a college coach can be tough. Also, you know, I mentioned all those other names that they're going after. All, silly, a lot of those guys, it was clear they weren't coming here. But this summer, they're still going after Dawson Garcia hard. They're still go, they still want Ben Carlson, even though I don't think most of them come here. They were still going after Max Morell. Let's not forget that Max was on campus this summer. You know, like in Max, mm-hmm. Max Morell's better than Stephen Kroll. I mean, it's not, not, they're somewhat close to one another, but Max Morell's a good recruit to go after. He's, he's, not, he's not far from here, and his dad went to school here. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to go after him as well. But at the same, you know, there's so many things to keep going. I do want to counter counter what you said about Stephen Kroll being a Wisconsin fit. I would be 100% agree with you, straight basketball-wise, if we, was, we were talking about the swing offense and sure. Paul Ryan seven or eight years ago. These days, with everybody doing ball same stuff and different variations, yes, some places fit a little bit better, but it ain't. It's not like it used to be. Like, everyone's doing a variation of the same damn thing these days. Yeah, well, and, to, and you know, to counter your point, like, Patino wants the pick-and-pop four, right? Like, that is what he, he looks for. Like, like, you think about a Joey King, etc. Like, he intentionally went out and got a pick-and-pop four in Joey King, and they, they want that, and Kroll would have fit that perfectly. He would have, but I, I think Steven, the way Steven defends and moves speed, I, I, and he's growing, I think he's going to end up being a center. Okay. Not that that doesn't sure. fit what you're saying as well. I mean, he's going to probably be a center because Ben Carlson will be the four and he'll be the five mm-hmm. um, at Wisconsin. So there's just, there's just a lot of angles. And then, there's, you know, how bad did Minnesota want Stephen Crow? Well, they, this fall, this fall, that wanted it pretty bad apparently because Stephen Stephen was had talked to them about setting up a visit for Minnesota this coming weekend, mm-hmm. and he would have joined DJ Gordon. But now DJ Gordon's not coming because of a. Uh, I, I believe there was a illness or a, a death in some in the in his family, and he's he's got to be at a funeral, of course. And then Stephen's at one Wisconsin. There's nobody's visiting, but Stephen Kroll was. There was going to be a visit this weekend for him, and Richard Pacino watched his open gym on Sunday. Flash met with them. I'm not exactly sure. I just know one of the coaches there told me that uh, that Patino was there watching him on Sunday and Monday. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, he with a visit and two back-to-back nights being there, he was important to them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of – because I'm hearing Minnesota feels strongly that they're going to get Ty Berry or Jamal Mashburn. And I think – I'm pretty much on board with that as well. I think they have a great shot at landing one of those guys. You know, And if they wanted to play together, they might even have a shot at both. Mm-hmm. But I'm here – Minnesota really wants the big. And right now, there's just – we're running out of possibilities here. It's pretty much Dawson Garcia and big old Jethro Muskidin. Um, there's a few others. I, I, Marquise Mitchell does not have his – from Chicago doesn't have his, his visit schedule yet. He's somewhat of a project. Um, but he's one to watch. Oh, actually, there, he has, does have one visit. Marquise is going to go to Rutgers sometime here pretty soon. Sure. And then the other one is uh, Jamari Sibley, who is just here, who is kind of like a – uh, kind of like a J- J- Jarvis Omersa type, like shot blocker, athletic, mm-hmm. finisher around the has you know could be a, could be a really good defender, but he has a lot of skills to work on. So 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, too, like when you when you look at recruiting, um, you know, those official visits matter. Right. And uh, who knows what happened on an official visit. But the fact that they got those official visits, I think Minnesota is somewhat at a disadvantage when they've got a lot of talent locally. Like those guys aren't taking official visits to Minnesota. They just take the unofficial ones. Right. I don't know how much that matters. Um, in the grand scheme of things, but it seems like guys uh, frequently commit after official visits, and it's probably a lot of legwork early on. Um, I mean, we could we could start crazy rumors on this podcast that Greg Gard puts like crazy amounts of pressure on uh, on, on uh, student athletes and like puts a puts like a clock in front of them and says if you don't commit before the clock or the sand runs out of the dial or whatever this is that they make up about PJ Fleck, you know, we could make we could start that hot rumor. <laughs> Makeup rumor. PJ Flex forces him to do this. If you want to say something about Wisconsin that you're a little bit questioning, yeah. question the fact that right now they have to figure out how to fit the scholarships in because they're one with the five commitments they have, they're one over. Somebody's going to have to gray shirt or somebody's going to have to transfer. Yeah. So they are one over. But then again, like someone always transfers. Great like walk to the podium and say, hey, everybody. Uh, this guy, probably, we feel like this guy is probably going to leave. Or, hey, everybody, this guy is going to be not on scholarship for one year. You know, they did that with Joe Hedstrom. Mm-hmm. Joe Hedstrom wasn't on scholarship for one year. See, it's, it's, we don't know that. But, hey, you want you, maybe we we could go down that road, I guess. <laughs> we're not like that. We're, we're good old Austin and Wilmer guys. Yeah. You know, we can't. Yeah, we can't we can't do that. Okay, so I mean, recruiting wise, we are sitting in September. Um, this is a fairly common time. Uh, you know, a lot of people pick up commitments in that July open period, and then you know September is common as well. I got to imagine we'll see some something happen there. But I think you know it, it made sense to talk just about how you know the Gophers lost a couple to Wisconsin, and people are pretty hot about it. I mean, just look at Gopher Illustrated, right? There's like a six or seven page thread just on the fact that Ben Carlson went to Wisconsin. So. Um, I, I mean, people obviously wanted to hear about this, and it, it's always good to get your perspective, you know, on how things are sitting and where things are at. Well, I, I believe within Jamal Mashburn, I, he, he, I asked him about it, and he still doesn't know exactly sure when he's coming here. So between Ty Berry, who told me last night that he's going to make his decision soon, was the one was the was the one word answer I, I got from somebody on behalf of Ty Berry. And then the other one was, uh, um, this is Jamal Masper. I, the Gophers I'm hearing feel strongly in my land. They want those guys. I feel they probably have a great shot at the landing one too. Oklahoma State was long rumored. I don't know, you know, do you, they have some ball handlers that are committed or likely going to be committed there. Um, Iowa State just got a commitment. So he's so, from a point guard. So, Barry didn't go on his visit there. So it's kind of looks at, it kind of looks like Minnesota, Northwestern, Oklahoma State with Minnesota, Northwestern having the best chance. And I heard his visit there was great. And on the positive side, all I ever, after, there was a lot of people in the Minnesota basketball community that was on campus during that. Ty Barry and his family, Frankie Collins mm-hmm. and his family, official visits with several Minnesota kids. Everybody there said they loved Ty Barry. Love playing with him, love being around him. It was a constant theme. Frankie Collins' dad, his parents, I should say, loved Minnesota. They loved the coaches. They loved the trip. They thought it was way better than expected. 
And Minnesota probably could be called elite, one of the leaders for Frankie Collins through the 2021. Mm-hmm. But on that trip, he had a good trip, too. So I would be very surprised if they didn't land him and extremely surprised if they didn't land Jamal Mashburn or Tyberry. So I think good news will come on that front eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing like that is Kerwin Waltman's off their scene were on that visit with them. Right. And they were working with with they, they were on campus with Tyberry. Now Dawson left for his high school football game after the tailgate they did during that visit. But you know, they had a chance to be together and so there's that hope. Luke, the other day I researched every kid who's committed to Minnesota out of high school. Yes. And when they did their commitment. Every commitment to Minnesota since two thousand and four has happened on September 26th or earlier. Now, will Dawson or Kerwin break that streak? It's possible. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at that barometer of six, 15, 16 years, like all the minute kids that were from Minnesota had done so by September 26th, unless they were a transfer back or a JUCO kid, yeah, that type of thing. So I don't know if that means anything, but, you know, if, if you like history, you base numbers off of history, that's there. And your original question to me was, how is recruiting looking? My initial answer is, I think they're going to get that guard that they want. They want a big. Right now, I'm not so sure who that's going to be. And will the, with the third guy, do they take a DJ Gordon as the wing or Kerwin Walton? Or let's say they don't get either of those guys, would they take two guards? Or would they take a guard and two bigs? I don't know. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's always fun to chat. Um, we're going to do this more often. Uh, you know, we chatted about potentially doing uh, something new this season, so we'll maybe debut that so people should keep an eye out for that. Uh, we'll maybe try to do some social media uh, marketing for that in the near future. So um, appreciate everybody listening, and go Gophers. Yeah. So I'm a former Gopher, so I can't say go Gophers, even though the title I would say you probably shouldn't. Um, but yes, man, we got so much to still talk about in future podcasts. Like, I really want to talk about the Gopher schedule. Yes. Like, I, I think this is. Like, there's only three games on there that aren't that aren't major conference teams. I mean, that's something that you gotta you gotta talk about. And Luke, we gotta talk about the lineup, don't we? Yes. Man, we gotta talk about the lineup. And man, you know what I would love to do in a podcast in the future is. Talk about all, me and you's all-time favorite Gopher team. <laughs> something like we're just ready to roll. Midnight Madness memories. Yes, there Midnight we go. Image spots, you know. Kind of like when Tubby, T- Tubby Smith came out on that motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't he fall over? No, that was at Texas Tech. Yeah, over. I don't know. There's so much to talk about. I wish we had a podcast so I could have relived like all our memories from the Dan Munson trip <laughs> that we went over in England. Oh, oh my God, I tell stories from that trip for days. <laughs> like, so we got lots of podcasts we can do. Right. Uh, it's me and Luke. So look out for them. All right, yeah, do that. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone.